Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another Espresso Shots episode of T4C. If you're interested in breaking into tech, no matter where you went to college and no matter where or how you grew up, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest mission is to hand you the keys to opening those doors. But before I introduce you to Jonathan Javier, the CEO founder of Juan Salting, whose mission is to turn underdogs into winners, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays, packed full of unique insights into dozens of different industries from the professionals like Jonathan who are actually working in them. And there are hundreds of episodes to choose from. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org. And the sign up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Jonathan Javier, the CEO founder of Juan Sulting, whose mission is to turn underdogs into winners and bridge the gap between students who attended non-target schools and who are coming from non-traditional backgrounds to help them get jobs in top companies. Juan Sulting empowers students and professionals to pursue their dream careers and ambitions. Prior to founding his own consulting company in January of 2019, Jonathan spent a total of about three years working on the strategy and operations teams at Snap, Google, and Cisco, an achievement that is all the more impressive considering that Jonathan himself didn't graduate from a school where these tech giants usually recruit, and he considered himself an underdog who grew up as a first-generation Filipino-American. But Jonathan figured out a way to break through and get a job at Snap without applying online. He since turned that into the fast-growing Juan Salting Company. In addition to that business, Jonathan also juggles a variety of other initiatives, including providing advice and words of wisdom, that's JWOW, on LinkedIn, and through speaking engagements. In all, he's led more than 160 workshops in eight different countries on topics like LinkedIn, personal branding, and more. Jonathan, JWOW, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am super caffeinated. Can I say that you have the best introduction I've ever been on? I am stoked and hyped. So yes. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much. I'm really honored to hear that. And I know, Jonathan, 
that you are super into clean eating and good health. And I got to know, man, does caffeine figure into that picture? (laughs) Fun fact. I do not drink coffee or caffeine. I know, right? I had a feeling. A quick story about this, actually. The reason why I don't do it is because I was at a coffee shop before and I drank way too much coffee. And during the interview, I literally just blanked out because I had so much. (laughs) So it's it's haunted me for the past five years. No. Well, look, (laughs) I'm not going to be like a caffeine pusher here. But I will tell you, Jonathan, that first of all, you don't have to drink 15 cups. And secondly, I could even show you how to brew like the most delicious cup because one of many weird things that has come out of starting this podcast that I just happen to call time for coffee because these are virtual networking coffees is that I have learned a shitload about brewing coffee. (laughs) Hey, time for coffee and that time is right now. (laughs) Yes, it is. So we are going to be breaking down how you've done what you've done in our main T4C episode. So our listeners should check out show notes for this episode to see if Jonathan's main T4C episode has already dropped. For now, we are going to dive into those 10 espresso shot questions to try to help our young listeners learn how to break into the tech space with the first espresso shot being what entry-level jobs, Jonathan, are available to young people who want to break into the tech space? There are so many. Every field that you can think of is hiring right now. And I know a lot of people are going to be saying, oh, but there's a lot of layoffs, a lot of forelogs. There's so many other companies hiring. And how these companies are tech companies because tech companies, a lot of them are flourishing right now because what are we doing, Andrea? Mm-hmm. We're all, always online. So definitely check them out. Product management, sales, UX design, you name it, it's out there. And you can get use them and get them through LinkedIn. Okay. So for that's amazing. But in terms of like titles, what are the titles that young people should be keeping their eyes open for? Yeah. So what I would say, sales development roles, associate product managers, UX designers, marketing specialists, all these different entry level roles. Those are the titles that you should be looking out for, especially on LinkedIn jobs. Okay, great. Jonathan, what is a useful hard and soft skill that you've looked for over the years in the young people that you hire? And by the way, I know that you are hiring right now at One Sultan. I am. I am. Yeah. So I would say a soft skill that's very important in these times is grit. The reason why I say grit is because you're going to be reaching out to a lot of professionals on LinkedIn, on different platforms, and some people aren't going to respond to you. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, you only need one person to respond and believe in you because that will become an opportunity. For the hard skills, it depends on what you're trying to get into. But let's say for strategy and operations or tech. One skill that's very important is SQL. SQL is very important for data as well as Microsoft Excel. So I'd say those two specific ones on those platforms, very important to utilize, especially when you're applying to jobs. Fantastic. Jonathan, on your first point around grit, I got to tell you, you need grit throughout your life, my friends, and P.S. There are plenty of people I reach out to on LinkedIn now or through other ways who don't respond to me. 
Brush it mm-hmm. off. Brush it off. And you know what I say to you, Andrea? Make friends, not connections. Because that just changes the perspective in regards to how you network and how you're able to actually get responses. I hear you. I get the distinction. But share with our listeners what you mean by that. Yeah. So when you're networking with people, most people will do this. Let's say, Andrea, you work in tech at Google. Most people will just say, Andrea, give me a job at Google and tech. That is no building rapport. So what you have to do is build rapport and ask the person about their story, about them. What I say is be their biggest fan. So what I'd say instead, I'd say, hey, Andrea, I saw that you, you know, you worked at Google, but you also are starting your own podcast with Time for Coffee. I'd love to learn more about how you became passionate in the podcast space, because then you're talking about things that they're passionate about and you could be passionate about the same thing. And that inclined turns into that common ground aspect, which builds rapport and then will lead to opportunities. Yeah. And even if you don't feel particularly passionate about it, you can fake it. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like facts, because at the end of the day, like you could be a little like not super, super passionate about it. But if you know a good amount of it, totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of teasing. All right. Is someone's major a deciding factor to break into tech? In other words, if they haven't studied engineering or coding or marketing or whatever, if they studied psychology, is it a deal breaker, Jonathan? Yeah, I would say no, because your major should never define your career path. I know a lot of people who have went from being psychology majors, for example, into engineering. How they did this was they just took, let's say, classes online, whether it's on LinkedIn Learning, whether it's on Groupon. There's so many resources out there where you can learn these skills by yourself and doesn't even have to correlate with the major that you graduated with. I love to hear that about the tech space because what I've told my young listeners for many, many months now is that your major shouldn't be the tiny house that you're forced to live in for the rest of your life. Instead, it's the foundation of a professional skyscraper that you're going to be building over the course of your professional life with each new job and each new career, just adding a new floor to the skyscraper. Exactly. Exactly that. More floors, the better. (laughs) Yep. So what about a grad school degree, Jonathan? And this is less so for those who want to break into tech, more so for those who want to get into the C-suite. Is it essential? And if so, which do you think are the most useful ones to get? It depends. So some companies will require you to have an MBA. I think the MBA is very important, especially if you're trying to go into the tech space in the business field. So I would recommend doing the MBA, but then also try to work at a company which will be able to fund your MBA. I know a lot of the top tech companies do that, such as Google, Facebook, all these companies, because they want to see you be successful in school and then translate that work that you learned into the work that you do on a day to day for them. So I'd say that if you can do an MBA and you get the company to pay for it, that's plus two right there. Definitely. What about life experiences? So these are the experiences that we have outside the classroom. I know, for example, 
you were in like a ton of different internships while you were an undergrad. You worked on campus. You know, you were very involved in various student associations. What do you think are the most useful life experiences that our young listeners, perhaps those who are still in school, should try to get to break into this space? Leadership experiences very important. I know a lot of people will talk about the work experiences, which are are important, but I feel like the leadership experiences are so important, especially going for internships, because if you are a leader in your space, if you exemplify those characteristics and capabilities of a leader where you can learn and grow, you can work anywhere. And that's what a lot of these top tech companies look for. They look for the leader, that future leader that will guide a team towards making a new innovation or product or improving a process. So I'd say definitely be involved with your school, go to different organizations, take leadership positions, because those leadership positions are gonna take you not over the top, not only over the top in the interview process, but also you're gonna be able to connect with so many more people in that organization or at your university. Oh, great advice. So Jonathan, let's just flashback for the sake of this interview. I know that you are now full time at One Salting, but until just a few months ago, you were still at Cisco. So what would you say the best part was for you of being in the tech space, working for one of the big tech companies? I think the best part about it is you not only do your job, but you also have so many more extracurricular activities that you can do in tech. So for me, I was involved a lot with ERGs, which are employee resource groups. And I joined a lot of the leadership boards there in regards to, for example, they had a Filipino Googler network at Google. I did a talk at Google during that time, actually did two, brought on some guests, et cetera. That then inclined made me network more with a lot of people in the tech industry. And then that translated into all my speakers from my speaker series for One Soul Team. So I think that's the most important part. Another thing as well, they care about your well-being. They care so much that they give you sometimes free food. <laughs> and Andrea, Andrea, I honestly gained like 30 pounds and I obviously burned it off. Okay, I burned it off, but they have free food. And it's very tempting that it's everywhere. But that's another perk too, because who doesn't like free food? <laughs> Especially college kids, right? I mean, we all love free food. So I guess it's just what food you choose to eat, right? (laughs) Exactly. Is a salad? Is it oily food? And also this too as well, like at, at Google and Snap, we had a lot of games. So for example, like they had basketball courts. So I played basketball in my spare time hit a bowling alley in actually my office space. What? Actual bowling alley at Crittenden 3. Okay, if anybody goes to Google and the Mountain View, Crittenden 3. (laughs) Nice. Oh my gosh. So much fun. But there's always a flip side. I'm guessing all that free food and all that free fun comes with an awful lot of work. But what would you say the part of your last job when you were working at Cisco? Let me see if I can get your title here. You were professional development. Well, I think you had a couple of titles. You were I was basically a strategy ops lead and then also leading the ECN for professional development. Got it. (laughs) So what would you say was the part of that job? that suck the most? Yeah, I would say I personally 
am not an Excel expert. <laughs> everybody knows, oh my gosh, like everybody knows in regards to Excel, how to do the rows, how to do pivot tables, etc. I wasn't too much of an expert in regards to that. And I had to do a lot of the data deciphering in regards to our sales teams. But what I did was I tried to learn every single day in regards to how to utilize it. What I did was when I first started was I identified every person in my office that was good at a specific skill I wasn't good at. And then I'd reach out to them and ask them for help whenever I needed it. You know what I mean? And that's what you should do. Listeners, definitely do that when you join a company. I love that advice. Okay, three final espresso shots. What Mm -hmm. is the best career advice you've ever gotten, Jonathan? Best advice, I would say, is you have to network. Networking is key. I think what happens is people think that you can simply apply to roles and get responses. It's true to a certain extent, but networking you not only get connections, you make friends, but then you also get opportunities into your pipeline that you would never have thought of before. So all my positions actually at Snap, Google, and Cisco all got them through networking on LinkedIn. So what I'd say is networking is key. Reach out to people that share common ground with you, whether it's in regards to your background, your university, your organization. And if you're able to do that, you're going to turn from an underdog into a winner, as I say. I love that advice. And the truth is, there's actually data to back that up. It's not just Jonathan and the young people who work with him at Juan Sulting who can point to the networking and the value of that. But there is hard, cold data out there that shows that the vast majority of people get jobs through connections, whether on LinkedIn or the old fashioned way before coronavirus, where we would actually meet up in person (laughs) and see them. But the truth is you don't even have to know the person well, but you hear about jobs. You learn about openings and many jobs aren't even posted. So it's all the more reason to be working that network. I was going to say my Google job was not posted. It was literally from the hiring manager when I reached out to him or when he reached out to me, actually. There you go. And posted. So definitely be networking because there's always internal positions. Exactly. So, Jonathan, what movies, if any, or Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, streaming shows or books do you think accurately depict your profession? Yeah. So what I would say, my favorite book is actually David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm, Why I say it. this is because this is literally what Lost whole thing is about. Because non-traditional background students, students from non-target schools, they are the Davids of the world. But the thing is, how are you able to beat the Goliaths? How are you able to get into these big tech companies? I think that's very important to decipher because you have to take measures or do things that nobody else will do in order for you to get to those companies. So I'd say David and Goliath is one. Another one as well that I highly recommend is The 4-Hour Workweek. I absolutely love this book. It's one of my favorite books by Timothy Ferris. It talks about in regards to how do you delegate work, but not only delegate work, how do you find different people from different industries that you can connect with that could help you produce output that'll help impact companies. And that's how I actually learned in regards to when I first started in my role at Cisco, how to reach out to these people and how to pick their brains. Fantastic. We will include links to both of those books in show notes. 
final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about this industry? Yeah, I would say it's work hard, play hard. I think a lot of people think that the tech industry is only engineering based. When you think of tech, you probably think of software engineers, et cetera, or software developers. There's so many different fields in the tech industry that aren't software engineers that are tailored towards, for example, at Google, there's some people who literally just take care of dogs at work. <laughs> no. right? I'm serious like that. Or there's someone who's like a food tester. You know what I mean? So there's so many positions that are in these tech companies that are outside of engineering that you can get into. Another one as well, marketing events, hosting events for Googlers, hosting talks at Google, all these different things these tech companies have. You think of the position, they probably have it. And how can they find those positions? Yeah, what I would say is, I actually talk about this in my course, but I'll give a little snippet. So what I say is identify what position you are interested in. If you're interested in multiple positions, totally fine. Pick your top three. Then what you do is you go on LinkedIn, you search the position, let's just say event planner, and then you type in the company, let's say Google, event planner, Google, and then you get to find everybody who's an event planner at Google. To take it another layer, this is gonna sound like the silliest advice, but it works. You type in your name, the company, and the position. I guarantee you that there's gonna be someone with your name who works at Google. Let's say Andrea, Andrea Google, events. There's probably someone there named Andrea who works in Google in events. Reach out to her and say, hey, I saw that you have the same name as me. We're great to connect. <laughs> I'm telling you, it works. Like people think it's silly, but it works 80% of the time. Oh, such a gem. And Jonathan mentioned his course. Make sure to check it out. It's at wansulting.com, right, Jonathan? Exactly. Yeah. Courses.wansulting.com, but it's also on the website. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. This was just fantastic. Of course. I'm, I'm 10 special shots deep. My energy is through the roof. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.